This morning, I would like for us to uh, look at um, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. We, we do a lot of character studies in the Bible, and really, predominantly, we do a lot of male character studies in the Bible. Uh, it's an interesting study just to look at some of the women that are, played a significant role that God chose to record in Scripture. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, there are a few few little tidbits in her life. There's not a whole lot written about her, but there are some really valuable things said about her that we need to contemplate and consider. You've probably heard somebody say, listen to your mother. You know, some well-meaning person is giving you some advice. Listen to what your mother says. That's pretty good advice, generally speaking, because our mothers want the best for us. And uh, if it's true of our mother, well, then maybe even more so true to listen to the mother of the Lord. Might we do well to listen to the mother of Jesus? You know, a lot is said about Mary, but a lot of what is said about Mary, at least in our culture in this day and time, is uh, the imagination of men. Sadly, there have been... Uh, doctrines, uh, new ideas contrived and developed through the years about Mary, the mother of Jesus, has no basis in Scripture, but it has basis, again, in the imagination of man and those, those positions, those stories, those imaginations have taken on creedal form and are the beliefs of a lot of religious people today. So much of what we know about Mary really isn't knowledge, but misinformation about her. Let me give you some examples. You've probably heard of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, a lot of people, when they hear that expression, they think immediately, oh, that has reference to the, the uh, birth of Jesus. It was an Immaculate Conception. Uh, but really, that's not what it is at all. That, that misses it a generation. You see, there are those who think that we're, we inherit sin when we're born, And if Jesus came into this world and was sinless and didn't inherit sin, how did he not inherit sin? Well, let's back up a generation and say that Mary was immaculately conceived and the sin was not passed on to her. And so now that Mary had an immaculate conception, had no sin to pass on, then Jesus could be born sinless. Nowhere in Scripture is any of this carried out or borne out. This is, again, just the thinking and meanderings of of man. Then there are those who say that Mary was perpetually a virgin, that she never had relations with her husband, but that's not what the Bible teaches. Um, Mary didn't know Joseph until after the birth of Jesus, But there's nothing that would indicate that she had some kind of perpetual uh, virginity. And again, it's a notion, it's based on a a misconception of one of the things that I read about not too long ago was, well, no, no, Mary stayed pure all of her life. As if the sexual relation within marriage is impure. It's not. And there's nothing to, no scripture to back this idea that Mary was perpetually a virgin. There are those who teach today about Mary that she was sinless. Never once sinned in her entire life. She and Jesus were sinless. But again, the Bible doesn't teach that. In fact, it expressly contradicts that when Mary calls him her Savior. Well, sinless people don't need a Savior. 
But Mary acknowledged her need of a Savior. Then there was the doctrine of the assumption of Mary. Somewhere along the way, somebody got the idea that Mary didn't die. That when she got older, God looked down upon her, had pity on her, and just took her, body, soul, and spirits, to heaven. And she never tasted of death. And then uh, there's, uh, uh, well, with uh, not the present, but the uh, former leader of millions of people and a, a host of others who have now have been developing a doctrine called telling, that, telling us that Mary is our co-redemptrix. She's our co-redeemer. Uh, Jesus is our redeemer, but she is our co-redeemer. And nowhere, again, is that idea of Mary supported in Scripture. My point is, there's a lot said about Mary today, but very little of it is true. So what I wanted us to do this morning is to look at Scripture, see some things that the Bible says about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and let's learn from her. Let's listen to the mother of Jesus. The first point that I would like for you to look at is this, and it comes from John chapter 2. If you have your Bible, open to John chapter 2, and I want you to look at what Mary said. The occasion is that of a wedding feast. They, they went to a, a marriage. Jesus, his mother was there, and a host of other people. And they ran out of wine. And so Mary comes to Jesus and says, Hey, would that, this is embarrassing for the, the folks, the, the wedding. Uh, they've run out. Can, can, you, can you do something? Apparently, she knew something of his abilities, his powers, because why else would she come to Jesus and say, help this family out? They, they misjudged how much they needed. Well, here's what Mary says to the servants. She brought some servants, and she appeals to Jesus to do something for this family that is having this wedding. And here's what Mary said. His mother said to the servants... Whatever he says to you, do it. That's good advice from the mother of Jesus. Whatever he says to you, do it. You know, uh, a lot of people in our society like to call Jesus Lord. Oh yes, Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my Lord and Savior. Really? Jesus asked a question one time in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things that I tell you? How can Jesus be your Lord if you won't listen to him, if you argue with his words, if you buck at his instruction and his direction? Mary had it right. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. We need to develop that attitude no matter what Jesus says We need to do what he says. And if that were the case, you know how many people would be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins? Anyone wanting Jesus to be their Lord? We wouldn't have to have debates about do you have to or do you not have to? Jesus said do it. If we just had that mindset, if we just remembered what the Lord said or what Mary, the mother of Jesus, said. In John 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, listen, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, what does that say if I don't? Well, then I don't really love the Lord. Whatever he tells you to do, 
do it. It's a good piece of advice that in the midst of so much religious confusion and uh, people saying different things about different ideas, if we just would get back and follow Jesus and do whatever he says to do, we're going to be on safe ground. We would have nothing to worry about. Here's a second thing from uh, the life of Jesus and, and Mary, his mother. She was willing to accept God's will. We need to learn from Mary to do the same. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1 because <clears throat> this is, uh, well, this is difficult. And I want you to think of it. Don't, don't just read the story, oh yes, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, and, and we just move on. I, I want you to understand and empathize with the dilemma of Mary. Can you imagine what this would have been like? You're a young, single woman engaged to be married, and you're now told that you're with child. Who, who wants to be put in that position? Who signs up for that? Do you know how humbling that must have been for her? Do you know how many looks she must have gotten from people who did not believe Oh, she had a story, and it was a true story. Hey, an angel from heaven came and told me that what is conceived is conceived by the Holy Spirit. I am pure. I am a virgin. I have never been with a man. Okay, if that's what you're going with. Can't you hear the unbelievers talking like that? You've got to be kidding me. That's the best you could come up with? It had to have been difficult to... Be the chosen vessel that God wanted her to be. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, listen to what the text says. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel comes and says, Mary, God wants to use you to bring the Christ into the world. You will conceive and bring forth a child. and His name shall be called Emmanuel. And you know what she said? She didn't say, no, I can't be. I'm not married yet. No, 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 no. No, no, uh, find somebody else. I'm I'm single. Give Give me a little time. Let me get married first, and then we'll talk about this. She didn't say any of that. She said to the angel, whatever it, whatever your will is, let it be unto me. I'm willing to accept. And what she accepted well, well, it makes her blessed, and those who know her from now to the end of time will call her blessed. But those who are skeptical, those who are unbelievers, that's a, that's a mark. What, what did the people in her day, and we don't know, but what might those who were not believers in the coming Messiah, Jesus, what might they have said about her? Could she have lost friends? Could she have been alienated? Could her character have been judged, misjudged? I'm sure that all those things can happen. Listen, and this is a point that we need to understand. Well, Charlie Brown, I think, said it well. You remember how Charlie Brown used to say, good grief. He's always saying, good grief. Good grief? Is there such a thing as good grief? I think there is. The psalmist said, it was good for me. 
that I have been afflicted, that I might learn the testimonies of God. It's good sometimes to endure hardship. And with Mary, it's good to bring the Savior of the world into this world. But was it easy? Was it without challenge? Not at all. I think of King Josiah in the Old Testament, Second Kings chapter 22. King Josiah was a good king. He was a young man. He came to the throne at the age of eight, and he reigned for 31 years. Um, so he died when he was 39 years old, a young man, relatively speaking. You know why he died at the age of 39? Because God was doing him a favor. What, what do you mean? God was doing, Here's what happened. God came to Josiah, a good king, and the people were wicked. And God said, Josiah, because I have favor upon you, because you're a good man, I'm going to take you out of this world so you don't have to see, live long enough to see and to know the things that are going to befall your children, your people. Can you imagine God saying, I've got a blessing for you. Really, what is it, Lord? Uh, an early death. Well, an early death? That's not good. Well, yeah, it is, looking at it from an eternal perspective. By dying early, you're going to miss all the heartache that comes what, by what's going to follow. I don't want you to have to see and to be there and to endure all that. I'm going to just go ahead and take you out now. That was a blessing, but it wasn't easy. And then you can look at Noah. Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. But what did that mean? That means that for the next year, you get to be cooped up on a ship with a bunch of animals and your close family. You know, and and that's the way it was. That wasn't easy. But he found God's favor. I want us to understand that when we submit to the will of God, it doesn't mean that everything's going to get easy and rosy. I've had people come to me and their lives were a mess and they they have difficult, difficult, tangled situations in their lives and they come to me broken and they say, I want to be baptized because I I need things to get better in my life and, and something needs to fix all this. Well, being baptized will make things better. Surrendering your life to Jesus will make things better, but not necessarily your circumstances in this temporal existence. I think a lot of people have the notion that if I just follow Jesus, everything's going to just fall down in front of me, and life's going to get easy, and it won't be complicated, and there won't be pain, and there won't be sorrow. But that's not the case. Mary proves otherwise. She is blessed of all women to be the one through whom Jesus would enter into this world. But that had to have been hard. Noah was blessed to be the only one he and his family saved during the flood. But a year on an ark, that had to have been hard. Josiah was blessed not to have to witness the degradation of of God's people and the debased things that were about to transpire. He was taken out of the world. That was hard. But it was God's favor. Let's learn that serving God doesn't mean... It's going to be easy. Maybe it'll be good grief for us. We learn that from Mary. Mary was willing to accept God's will for her life. Here's the third thing that we need to consider. God is worthy to be praised 
and worshiped. Again, in this passage in Luke chapter 1, look at verse 46. Here, what we have in this passage is, well, it's called the Song of Mary, sometimes the Prayer of Mary. This is what Mary says when she learns that she's going to bring the Messiah into the world. Here's what she says. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers and to Abraham and to his seed forever. She goes off into a little statement of praise. God, you are so good. You are so worthy of our praise. I mean, the things that you have done throughout history to our forefathers and to us and to to those who will follow you from now on, you're worthy of praise. We need to learn from Mary that Jesus is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of you getting up on a Sunday morning, putting your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes on and coming to this building and listening to God's word. He's worthy of you singing heartfelt songs of praise to him. He is worthy. How many times in the book of Revelation does the picture of Jesus and God in heaven have the idea of the angels, holy, 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 and he is worthy of praise and honor and blessing. We need to come into his presence today and every day Acknowledging that he is not our peer. He's not my buddy. He's God. He's my creator. And I am humbled before him. I need to express that in my life. Mary, as familiar as she was with Jesus, she's his mother. Recognized him for who he was, Savior. And she uh, held him up with that kind of honor. You know, Philippians chapter 2, as well as Romans chapter 14, say that Jesus is worthy. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Philippians says, well, that's what they should do. And it is what we should do. Every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. But there's a difference in the verb in Philippians and in Romans. Romans says they shall bow and they shall confess. And the difference is just the timing Philippians is talking about what we should do here and now. Romans is talking about what we will do in the day of judgment. There's no getting over, there's no getting around praising God, acknowledging who he is. The only thing we have a choice of is, are we going to do it now or later? You do it now willingly, you can be rewarded for it. You do it later, and you'll wish you would have done it earlier. He is worthy of our praise. And then finally, the last lesson that we learn from Mary is that she pondered on the Word of God. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. 
as Mary was told by the angel that she's going to have a child and all these things, listen to what it says. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Don't you know she did? I mean, can you not imagine? Can you, can you not try to put yourself in a position where, uh, try to imagine what it would be like for an angel of God to come and to tell you that you play a significant, a central role in history. Through you is going to come the Messiah. And as he was growing, don't you think she ever thought about that in the back of her mind? As she watched him interact with his brothers and sisters, don't you think she ever pondered the idea of, what what about this boy? As she saw him grow up and develop and, and never saw him out of step, never caught him sinning like we've all caught our children doing and like we have done. Don't you think that those thoughts of who he is must have come to mind. She pondered on the words that she had heard. We need to do more of that as well. And I'll tell you what, when we do, we'll gain insights that maybe we hadn't seen before. When you, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a level of Bible understanding. When we read the scriptures, we, get, we pick up certain things that are superficial, but you slow down and you think about and you mull over, you meditate, you ponder on Scripture, and there's a whole depth of riches that you will find that otherwise you would miss. I can't help but think of um, the words that Jesus or that Mary spoke in chapter forty-six through or chapter one forty-six through fifty-five. I don't know if those are inspired words, if the Holy Spirit gave them to her and she spoke them as by under His influence. I don't know if that, it doesn't say that. But if that's not what happened, you know what that means? That means Mary knew her Bible. Because I don't know if you're aware of it, and maybe your Bible will have some notations there, but if you look at verse chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, you'll find that everything that she says there is Old Testament Scripture. She might have been so filled with the knowledge of God's Word that as the Spirit, or as this angel tells her what's going to happen, she breaks forth in relevant Old Testament passages that were a part of her heart, her memory. She quoted in that section from the book of Habakkuk, from Psalms, from 1 Samuel, as well as from the book of Genesis. This lady knew her Bible. Do we know our Bible? Do we spend time meditating on the Word of God? The psalmist tells us to. In fact, Psalm chapter 1, the very first psalm, describes two different kinds of people. The, those who walk in the way of sinners and those who walk in the paths of righteousness. And, and the person who walks in the paths of righteousness is one who meditates on his law day and night. We need to learn from Mary. You see, forget about all that stuff you've heard about Mary today. So much is said about her that is just the invention of man. Listen, there's enough from the Bible to let her real character speak to us and to learn from. I just wanted to share those thoughts with you this morning from a character in the Bible. Not a male, but a woman. Not just any woman, but the mother of Jesus Christ. Um, she's worthy. 
to be listened to and to be heard. Next time someone says, well, you need to listen to your mother, you think about that, but think beyond your mother and think of the mother of Jesus and remember the wise counsel that she has given us. Let's live with that kind of dedication and awareness of why we are here and the Lord that we're serving. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, let me just remind you of the very first point of this lesson. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. Listen, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Follow the advice of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and do what he said. He'll keep his word, his promise. You'll be forgiven, added to his family, and have hope of heaven. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you need the prayers of your brethren, we'll pray with you. God is worthy. He's worthy of your life. He's worthy of your devotion. We've spent enough time living for ourselves. Peter said we spent enough time in sin. Let's get down to using the remainder of our days in service to God. If you need to do that, we'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.